Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning, and welcome to this bright, sunshiny episode of the Black Tuesday Podcast with Biggs and Lynn. I am Biggs. She is Lynn, my co-host, the pride of all of Pennsylvania, from Erie to Darby, Easton to Kennywood. Stephanie Lynn, good morning. How are you? I am well. How are you feeling today? <laughs> it is a good fucking day. I'm sorry. It, I got that F I'm out early, but it is a good day in not just the neighborhood, but every neighborhood. But we got to kind of train in and focus in on everything that's going on. We got to talk about Candace Owens. Now, normally I'm here to besmirch her her complete lack of weave or hairstyle or crappy edges, but it is wild that she is this anti-COVID, like anti-vaccine, anti-vaccine. I don't understand, like, how is she here with this? This is weird. There's just something about this this thing. Did she want COVID testing or what was going on? But she puts up an email that is a perfectly professional email, and then she makes fun of it, and then she tweets something about – COVID being fear porn, and she uses the word win, like this is a game or a contest. But the original thing she's responding to is not mockable. So I'm I'm kind of lost as to what she's trying to manufacture here. Do you get this? I think it's more of just trying to keep her base and her follows strong because this is how she makes money. She was a virulent anti-Trumper before he got elected, and then she decided to pretty much ensnare herself into his realm of fuckery. Mm -hmm. And she realized that 
anti-COVID is a moneymaker. Side note, shout out to Joe Rogan, who talked all this noise, and look at you now. Mm-hmm. But getting back to Candace Owens, it, it's distressing that so many people buy into her bullshit. Yeah. I mean, she's saying COVID's not real, which is, I thought, what her thing was, that it wasn't as bad as we said, or it's not real, or it's like the flu, or, you know, that take. But it seems she had an appointment for a COVID test, and the director of the site said, you know, we can refuse anyone to come in, and we're refusing you because of the things you've said. So if she doesn't believe it's real, why is she getting tested for it? I think that's where my disconnect comes in. So she just seems to take this. She and she didn't have to share this information at all, but she shared the email, you know, telling her don't bother coming, and then she sent a mocking email back to this person, and then she had this tweet, and it's just, it's just, it doesn't kind of add up to me. But I'm not the person she's talking to. It's so just, why would you make a COVID test appointment if you don't even believe that it exists? It's the same people who, you know, I don't want any medical treatment for this, but then the minute they can't breathe, they go to the hospital. It's just wild because, you know, these people are, this is a cottage injury of being, a cottage industry of just being unrepentant assholes. There are people who die. There are, I live in Chevrolet, Wisconsin, as we know. From everything I've heard, the ICUs are full. Mm-hmm. Poet folks, who chances are some won't see Labor Day or some won't see Halloween, and these are people who are some of them have no health issues. Basically, healthy people. The fuck is going on? And it's just her simple ass is out here monetizing it. And as long as I have breath in my lungs, we will be there to chastise, mock, and belittle these clowns. But. Mm-hmm. Moving on, there is talk of and news of the Ida flooding, the remnants from Louisiana to Massachusetts. It is catastrophic. I saw subways in New York that were overflowing. Mm-hmm. I saw a tornado in New Jersey on the news. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're in Pennsylvania. You aren't, aren't far from Johnstown, which everyone knows is the flood capital of America slash the world. Explain to people who have never been immersed in a flood what goes through your mind and what do you look for and what happens? Um, I can tell you what happened in Johnstown yesterday, and I can tell some of it from the point of view of my mother. And um, this is my biological mother who lives in Johnstown. I was born in Johnstown. Um, she sent me a couple things yesterday, kind of panicked texts about the Wilmore Dam had breached and Wilmore was being evacuated and there was a flood coming and stuff like that. And I was sitting here, I was doing things like you do, and I was kind of you know keeping an eye on things. We were just having rain. We weren't having lightning. Um, I'm literally on top of a mountain, so we don't have the flooding here. We'll have some low points and roads that can get washed out a bit, but where I am is um, like at least a thousand feet above Johnstown. So I was like, well, I'm not hearing this. And you'd think that if there was a flood in my county or if Johnstown was in imminent danger, 
I'd have gotten one of those alerts. I did get alerts that there were flood warnings and watches and stuff like that, or like how you get an amber alert and everything goes out to everybody in the area. And I didn't get anything. And so I recorded all of the local news last night, and they all reported the same thing. The dam did not breach. Uh, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It was releasing water at a the rate that it was supposed to. It came within 18 inches of the top, but there was never any real danger except right there where the dam is. They thought that there would be some roads washed out or that homes would be inaccessible, so they put people in the high school until that uh, subsided. But what had happened is somebody came up with it on Facebook, put it out that it had happened, she bought it, and um, you know, told me. And so people were passing around on social media something that had happened that did not happen. And that's the kind of anxiety about flooding in Cambria County, specifically in Johnstown. You know, I can't fault her for thinking, you know, the dam breached because the dam has breached three times in Johnstown. Um, one time, you know, the original in 1889 was a bunch of rich white people from Pittsburgh had their summer homes and a gun and hunting club on top of this mountain, decided they were just going to build a homemade dam, had a bunch of rain at the end of May, that dam fell apart, and like 2,000 people in Johnstown were killed by the water that came down. It would be a great movie if anybody would ever make it. Then in the 30s, there was another flood um, that happened because Johnstown's down in this valley and stuff fills up. But then there was one in 1977, and there are still a lot of people around who remember that, and that's where the panic comes from. It's not from the other two. It's from the one in 77. There are buildings in Johnstown with marks on them, like above the first floor, because that was the high water mark of one of the floods, usually the 30 or the 77, because the one in 1889 just took the whole building. So people were talking and going down to the river so they could see the water rushing by because it reminded them of the one in 77. So it's not so much what was actually happening, but the ingrained fear and the want and desire to get your news immediately from social media rather from news sources that was contributing to some of the anxiety in Johnstown. So, yeah, and there were some roads closed here and things like that, but it wasn't like in Annapolis or in New Jersey where tornadoes were going through. So that's what it was. But our infrastructure actually worked this time. And very few people, from what I can see, have been taking that message away. Um, I'm hopeful that the emergency services for the county maybe goes on some news and starts talking about that, like, hey, hey, look, this this did what it needed to do. Maybe, you know, investing in infrastructure is a good idea. I'm hopeful that that and climate change are what we can bring out of this, touching so many parts of the country and such a high percentage of our population. The first actual real infrastructure week has been actually happening with the passing of the bill and and know that some of these low-lying areas and some of these areas that are flood-prone need to be taken care of. It is mm-hmm. floods to me are scary because there are folks who have their homes washed out. They can't rebuild because of a lack of resources. They're stuck. It ruins like a term, all your shit. Mm-hmm. Like even when a flood, even when a water recedes, you have waterlogged mildew, whatever. Yeah. And There's a reason homeowners insurances don't cover flood. If you want flood damage, you have to buy it separately. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> when we come back, 
we need to talk about a negative subject and a subject that pretty much this is the find out part of the, the political conversation. You are listening to the Black Tuesday podcast with Biggs and Lens on the Full Press Radio Coverage Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are back with the Black Tuesday podcast with Biggs and Lens on the FPC Radio Network. Terrence Biggs, Stephanie Lens, Stephanie. After the Supreme Court refused to hear or do anything about the Texas abortion ban, the eyes again turned to Bernie Sanders and his way left douchebag followers. Where there's been a series of never-ending come to Jesus moments, or this is what you did. This is we're here because of you assholes. Do you think that the way left truly comprehends the consequences of their actions? I don't. I, I really don't. I think that, well, maybe some, but I, I wouldn't say the majority because they're still in the burn it all down thing. And I've seen some people on the far left try to say, oh, this is a consequence, this is a consequence, and, uh, you know, they're trying to drag the vice president into it, you know, our current vice president into it. And it's like, no, 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 this comes from 
not just the election of Trump that you guys came in and spoiled, but this demand of, you know, Democrats have to do what you want right now when something like this, I mean, like we said on the previous episode, this is more than just the the healthcare access. This is also the ignoring of settled Supreme Court cases. There's a lot more to come, and this is the end point on their overturning Roe. They've pretty much overturned Roe. That's what's happened here. And it's not like we can look back and say, oh, what do we do now? It's like, what should we have done? Well, one of the things we could have done was elect Hillary Clinton, who told us that this was going to happen. But, you know, but her emails, that's that old chestnut, but it's true. So I I don't think they deserve all of the blame, but I think that they do deserve and should accept their portion of the blame for it. What do you think? Percentage-wise, like how much of what we're experiencing the last few days can we place on the shoulders of the Bernie Brooks? 65. That sounds right. Because here's my thought. Bernie knew that he was taking an ass with her. Like, Hillary beat him to sleep, just, just whooped his ass from every corner of the country and every, just about all these primaries. The right thing would have been done to drop out earlier. Actually, legitimately throw your support behind her. Don't just weakly, feebly say, well, okay, I kind of support her. No, you should not be full-throated, pounding the pavement, getting your followers to vote. Instead, he bitched, he moaned, he cried because he didn't get his way because somehow in the vapid minds of his followers that a damn near 80-year-old rich white man who lives in Vermont is somehow the voice of the young and the voiceless. The fuck out of here. And the longer he bitched, the worse he became. Hillary Clinton sat there, looked at the look at the monitor and said, told truth about Trump about this is what's gonna happen and this is what has happened. She was mm-hmm. if there's anyone who could have given who could have given America the middle finger and said, you know what, fuck you, yeah, I'm done. It would have been Hillary. She had every right to it. America did her dirty. Completely dirty. But mm-hmm. Bernie is two thirds of the problem. Another third, I'll be honest, is the media. Where yeah. Go from Chuck Todd. Oh, she's overprepared. Stephanie, you've been a journalist for for a while. I don't put you on it because it's don't make one sound old. But you've been a journalist for many years, and as someone who has asked questions for a living, isn't the presence having someone who is prepared to answer them instead of having to fish and ask follow-ups that will pretty much re-explain your original question? Yeah, I keep thinking of that Katie Couric interview with Sarah Palin. She simply asked her, what media do you read? And she pulled, I'll have to get back to you on that one. That was literally her answer. She couldn't just say, I read this newspaper or that magazine or whatever. Because she didn't read anything, and she had to come up with a fake answer, and she couldn't do it. Whereas Hillary Clinton would have been able to rattle off, you know, however many things that she manages to get through in a day. I'm sure it's remarkable the amount of information she takes in in a day, especially when she was not essentially retired like she is now. So 
which person do you want to be in charge of stuff? The person who comes unprepared to an interview or the person who not only is prepared but actually has solutions and answers to things right then and there in the moment. But I guess, you know, we've this has been cooking for a really long time where it's kind of fine with the right that we're going to get idiots in here because these idiots are going to do the things that we want to do. And one of the things that Trump said he was going to do was get conservative judges and justices in place so that they could um, put in laws like the one that went through in Texas. And the evangelicals held their nose and voted for him, whereas Democrats couldn't hold their nose and vote for Hillary. And that's the big difference, and that's what's brought us to where we are. I mean, for me, it is it's sad to watch because you have so many people who are affected by it. Hillary's right. There are four Supreme Court justices who are sitting there because of piss poor voting choices. And these are younger justices, not younger, but yeah. early to mid fifties, another twenty years of fucking up the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're getting a Gen X court now. Mm-hmm. We're losing the boomers. So that's we're gonna be stuck with them as long as we're around. <laughs> I mean, it's sad because it could have been avoided. Even if people are like, well, there's a, there's a measure of likability politics. You work in newsrooms. You work in retail. You work in other assets. You don't have to like everyone you work with. You just have to get along and get, get the job done. Mm-hmm. Why is it so hard for people? I don't know. That's the thing is, you know, usually the people you don't like are the ones that can get the job done. You know, you don't have to go out to dinner with somebody for them to be able to, you know, make your schedule up <laughs> or or handle some kind of emergency that's come up or, you know, come along behind you and clean up after a thing you messed up. You don't have to like them as long as they do it. So, you know, that's the likability thing is really annoying, but that goes back really far. Like as long as there's been, I'd say, Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think, like, at least radio media, you had to kind of be likable. Now, I don't know how much that was when there was just print media, but, you know, um, you're not going to get some of the types of presidents that we used to have like 100 years ago because they have to be more likable or they have to look a certain way or something like that. We're probably never going to have, well, I was going to say never have a fat president again, but we just had one. Um so it's just there's a lot of the visual and a lot of the how you sound instead of what you're saying that people are taking in, and most people don't pay attention to any of that. There's just like you know, who who would I rather have a beer with? Well, you don't have to have a beer with him if he's you know gonna raise your taxes or whatever. You, what do you care about what they have to say? They really don't. As long as they get done what they want to get done, you know. So that's the part that is odd to me. But speaking of odd, you know, talk about J.D. Vance. He of the Hillbilly LG. He, he's running for Senate in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And people are, like, giving him the, the longest side-eye in the history of side-eyes. <laughs> what, are, what are people basically pissed about? And you know, what do you think his chances are? His chances aren't bad, and it's not because of the likability, like we were just talking about. 
but he's got the money behind him. So if he decides excuse me, um, he's going to run a super-duper campaign, he's going to run it. And he'll have ads at every break on the local news pushing somebody into the dirt. He's, I thought for a long time that he was an author. He's not an author. He's a venture capitalist who wrote a book. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that changes a lot of what I thought he was about. And I'm not saying venture, venture capitalism is inherently good or bad. Um, you know, it is what it is. But if his, if his drive in life was, I'm going to get rich off of doing stuff like this, then that's where his loyalties will be. His loyalties aren't to bringing back jobs to this Rust Belt area of Ohio his priority is going to be the companies that took those jobs and left that are donating to his campaign. So people may not see past that. People tend not to, especially the people that he's trying to reach. Um, So I think he's got a better chance than some people are thinking. I guess there is a Republican running against him who's even further right. And he changed his social media. He used to be, I guess, an anti-Trump or at least Trump critical and he went back and deleted all that content and has come back and tried to ride Trump's coattail. So that tells you what his approach is, whether he believes it or not. Those are the people he wants to appeal to and those are the people whose money he wants. And I don't see the advantage for him since he's already – he's still in a venture capitalism. Don't get me wrong. He's not you know, making money off of his royalties or anything. He's primarily a venture capitalist. So that's – where he is, and he's not going to be, as the article said, you can either be a good venture capitalist and a bad senator, or a good senator and a bad venture capitalist. He can't mix it up. And I think he would be a good venture capitalist and a bad senator for these people. It's all just a money-making scheme. It it all goes back to that. It always does. I agree. I just, Ohio is weird because, yes, they, mm-hmm. I just, oh, I can't, I can't trust so like a rural and suburban Ohio, not to mess this up. Because think about Rob and has been gerrymandered to death. Jim Jordan's district is just mm-hmm. literally goes through hearts of one town, will skip around the other and go around the corner. It's, it's they have to be better and they're it's it's weird and Ohio is like this whole other country. And speaking of whole other countries and weird shit that happened. There is a man whose name will possibly be known for the the quickest of minute. We're going to talk about Benjamin Eugene Dagley. He assaulted an NBC news reporter. Mm-hmm. Is a, it, apparently, they've been the guy. The reporter's name escapes me, but let me find it. Um, it's Shaquille. His Shaquille, first name Shaquille. I can't think of his last name. Shaquille Brewster. Yeah. Which, just a side note, like I'm of the age where I, I remember the original Shaquille being in college at LSU. Now there are a bunch of children who are adults with his name now. Not it's a great older. name. I love it. It is. It means, it, it's, I forgot what it means, but it just, so Mr. Brewster was doing a, a stand-up talking about Ida and the idiot decided to rush him. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm of the mind of Personal space is everything. Somebody runs up on you and is trying to grab you. You can defend yourself. There are the small segment of people who are saying, well, you know, he should just call the police. You're a black man and you getting assaulted on camera. 
the police will still look at you like, what'd you do? The dude did a stand-up from a, like, a disaster site. Why do you think so many white dudes, just dudes, feel the need to be this bold? I think a lot of what we're talking about lately all goes back to this. Um, it's that white, hetero, cis, male fragility that they're losing control of things a little bit at a time and they're grabbing control where they can. This dude was just driving by, and he's from Ohio. What he's doing in Louisiana, I don't know. Maybe, you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt he was there to help. I doubt it. But he saw the guy reporting, pulls over, bum rushes him on live TV, and he's yelling about, you know, are you reporting this accurately? Well, what do you think it is? What is the thing with, with hurricanes? We know that you guys think crazy shit about COVID. So are you saying that they made up the hurricane, that it's not happening? What I don't know what the thing with media is about weather. I get where they come from. I least I understand about, oh, fake news thing. This is news that's happening right in front of your eyes that people are experiencing. You're not going to fake news your way out of this. And I was scared for for Shaquille Brewster. I really was when I first saw that video. And it's like, what's he going to do? He handled it perfectly. The camera um, cut him out. The director's back in the studio, put him on like a half screen so that if the guy came up to him, you wouldn't even be able to see the guy. So he was looking for attention. He wasn't getting it. And then he was smart enough to cut away. And they so they you know cut his video, cut his audio, and then he could handle this however he could. But there you're trying to get some work done. And this happens to female journalists a lot too, where you're trying to get something done, you're live on air, and some Yahoo comes and gives you shit. It's it's a dangerous job reporting, especially now when the media has been made a target by the right. So and especially female reporters and especially black reporters. I don't know you know what he could have done. If I were him, maybe I'd start carrying some pepper spray or something. But um, you, know, you don't think when you're just reporting on the weather that some nut is going to jump out of a truck and start to come after you. But that's where we are. I mean, it is, I know that it's funny, I, I use my mom, my late mom, and just my grandma, people in general, they carry barber's razors mm-hmm. in their purse. A barber's razor that was laser sharp. I've always been taught to not run upon the, anybody because you will find, quote unquote, either the wrong one or the right one. The wrong one is the person that is waiting for this moment to happen. Similarly, the right one is somebody who is also waiting for this moment to happen. There are people out there in the world who are waiting to bust somebody's ass over the smallest thing. They are, quote-unquote, about that life. Mr. Dagley is not about that life. He tried it, and now he's about to catch a whole bunch of cases, and it's it's mindless to me. Now, we have, we'll finish with a couple of happy notes. We've got to talk about Lil Nas X. He won an award. Explain what the award is and how has this man who has originally thought of being a one-hit wonder parlayed this into a few hits and seemingly a durable career? He has really taken um, the concept of celebrity and done something with it. I noticed, like, um, you know, Madonna used her celebrity to kind of 
make a brand out of it back in the day. And Lady Gaga kind of took that and built on it, and then she added advocacy to it. And now we have Lil Nas X, who's also taken the idea of himself and then being very open about who he is and what he's about and his art, and then he also adds the advocacy to that. So um, this this is the first um, of these awards from the Trevor Project, um, where it's kind of a sorry my PBS thing just popped up. Um, it, it's an it's a thing to encourage queer kids um, to um, you know have pride in themselves. Uh, and it's a, like a suicide prevention thing, and not only is on Nasex. Um, you know, helping kids out. He's talking about his own issues, his own struggles with suicidal ideation, his struggles with his sexuality and mental health issues. And he's there's out, and then there's Lone Laz X out. He is really O-U-T out. And just yesterday, I have this rainy day. My kid got dismissed early. So we played board games at the at the dining room table, and then we were all building Lego together. And the kids wanted to put music on, so we put music on, and we put on Lil Nas X, and we were listening to Montero and some other songs. And then they just started talking about him and what he meant to them out of nowhere, because both of my kids are queer kids, and you know um, they're white kids, so they don't have the extra um, issues that Lil Nas X was talking about. He's also talked about how difficult it is for black queer kids, especially for black queer boys, um, to be open about who they are. So um, they just talked about what his music meant to them and what it meant for him to be so unapologetically queer in a public space. And it's just, he amazes me every single day. And he's good at what he does, too. It's not that he's just like a token gay or something like that. His music is good music, and... It's fun to listen to. It's fun to dance to. He could have just rested on that and and been fine, but he's used his voice to do so many positive things for so many kinds of people. He's just, you know, I, I hope that nothing comes out problematic <laughs> about Lil Nas X because I'm just one of his big supporters. So I know that there is a ugliness and a homophobia in parts of the black community, and it should never be. All of us have members of the LGBTQ plus community and our families mm-hmm. don't see this person as a, as a member of the community. See the person as what they are, their family. Shit. I mean, and there's been backlash towards Lil Nas X. My thing is this. Bro, going to make your money, put out your content. People love it. I'm cool with it. Enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, have fun and he's having fun and he's doing the right thing. I think that folks get a little too judgy mm-hmm. and try to say, well, that's not how I do it. Well, fuck you. You're not, it's not about you. That's what people would understand. Folks are, to quote the late Charlie Murphy, habitual line steppers. Yep. And they like to sit there and throw their morals upon others. Well, mm-hmm. you can't be quick. Going to be queer, going to be a member of the community, just going to live a happy life. My only thing is this, if you're happy, if you have food on the table, clothes on your back, money coming in, or things are good for you. And it's funny because it flies in the face of the quote, for everybody black, 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hypocritical fucking people that would say roof everybody black, but then they'll slur this man. You can't roof everybody black if you're calling this man out of his name. Mm-hmm. I a, lot a, lot we talked about, a lot of what mm-hmm. we talked about today and, and lately has been there's two kinds of people in this world. Some people want to push other people down, and some people want to lift other people up. And, you know, in a world full of people that want to push everybody down, be someone who lifts up. And, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you get one of these lives. Make the most of it. And that's important. But the last thing we talk about is, apparently, earlier this week, there's been a, a raging debate on Twitter that we have to weigh in on. Because I think that we align similarly because you actually do have great musical taste. I mean, I have let the ketchup <laughs> nonsense go because I, I, I can't live with that stress of knowing that you apply ketchup on purpose. But uh, Madonna and Janet Jackson, there's been a debate by Madonna fans who think that her catalog, her talent is superior to Miss Jackson. And we're all in that state. But if Janet, her... How, where do you weigh in on this debate? You know, I I went to bed thinking about this the other night. Um, and it was like, I really, I, I tried to, to take a side in stuff like this, and I was at a loss. For every point I came up with one of them, I came up with a point on the other side. I mean, Janet Jackson, better dancer, absolutely. Um, just... Uh, for kind of um, the the cultural zeitgeist of it, I would put that on Madonna. But you know, I these are two women whose music I listen to in all my formative years. I I do not know. I I owned more Madonna albums, but I had a Janet Jackson T-shirt. So you know, I I don't know that I could. It's like trying to pick between your two favorite aunties. I don't know that I could pick one over the other. I know exactly who you picked, but um, I, I see it like this. I, yeah. I, I, I tell it. me because I you could tip my scales. I'm I'm honestly fifty fifty on this. If we go complete catalog via mm-hmm. various forms or whatever, mm-hmm. I got to roll with Janet for the following reasons. If you just if you, we'll get the music in a second, acting. I mean, first of oh, all. Yeah. Penny from Good Times is an all-time classic. Like that, she played an abused child with like that heart. You're like, oh my god, you want to mm-hmm. find somebody and find her parents and start cussing them out. Different strokes, poetic justice. Justice, yeah. I mean, it is. Her catalog was smaller. Even Fame, she was on Fame. Her catalog was smaller, yeah. but it, it it was profound. Meanwhile. We got old Shanghai Surprise over here. True. And, and who's that girl? I'm sorry, like the the romantic comedy with was it Griffin Dunn? Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. I know. Or uh, all her movies in the A's were pretty much the same. Like that, you got a uh, what am I? I'm missing one. Who's that girl? Shanghai Surprise. And uh, I mean. No, the one that Liv Patel was from, there's that. Her best movie, or movie that she's in, is A League of Their Own. Yes. And that's because she's not the star, and she had a good director who could get the best out of her. 
Yeah. Vita is fine. It's not great, I don't think. It's fine. It's watchable. Her voice is listenable. Um, I would rather watch a musical with Janet Jackson in it. I mean, if if I had to invite one of these women over to to hang out with, I would rather hang out with Janet Jackson than Madonna. I never, you know, I I do kind of like the never know what's going to come out of her mouth kind of thing. That's interesting to me. But sometimes the things that came out of her mouth were things I didn't want to hear because they were offensive. But I never got that from Janet Jackson. And Janet Jackson was done dirty by Justin Timberlake. So yep. let, let let me see those scales tip a little bit. I'm going to go with Janet. I mean, not, I'm, it was just Felicia you can see. That's the one I forgot. That's and, the one, yeah. I mean, if you go fashion icon, yes, Madonna wins that category because, mm-hmm. I mean, it is true. But if you go music, mm-hmm. to me, uh, Like a Prayer was her last good one. Like her last big moment of like, you know what? This is how I'm going to roll. I'm going to deal with the music part of it. Because then she had like what? Like, I don't want to hear Vogue because it, to me it's trash. And just it's just speaking names. It's the female equivalent of We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> I like the Ray of Light album. I had that one and I thought it was a pretty good album, but that was the last one for me. I have music too, but... um it was okay. It was more of a, a habit of Madonna album, let me buy that, and I was disappointed in it, and it was the last one that I bought. So. And Janet crossed genres, like Black Hat. Yeah. I had a hard rock answer. was like, oh, this is what we're doing now, okay? And mm-hmm. it worked for her because it wasn't, like, phony. It wasn't, like, and Madonna just, she knew the limits of her ability, where Janet would push boundaries. But she would have, like, the ballad, but she also would have the up-tempo, like, let's just go on the dance floor and just make it happen. I just think that Janet, like you said, she was done dirty. Justin Timberlake survived. Janet Curry took a massive hit. If that would happen to Madonna, it would have been fine, because you know why. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, Janet, she just kind of pushed forward, and just her. Just her outlook. She's such a private person where she she was married to old DeBarju for like 15 years. No one knew. And then she got married again and just she kind of kept it quiet where Madonna's over here going to Africa adopting black children against the will of their families and shit. I'm like, no. Yeah. And then Madonna also felt the need she could use a, the N-word mm-hmm. and like hashtags. I'm like... Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. It's like, no. She's from Bay City, Michigan, and yet she now <laughs> has like a, she's from London. <laughs> yeah, she has an English accent. I mean, you're from Pennsylvania, but you also live in Florida. You don't talk yeah. with a regional accent. You just talk. You, you you don't try to talk like a Yinzer. You don't try to talk like a uh, hillbilly from Plant <laughs> City, Florida. Oh, it'll come out <laughs> certain words. Yeah. But I didn't know how I pronounced. Um, what one wears on one's legs until I heard my children saying pants with two syllables. Pants. <laughs> so that's why I feel I'm, I'm eminently qualified to make fun of Madonna's accent because I one that comes and goes as well. So speaking of accent, we got to talk about, like, I live in Wisconsin, home of the most nasally accents in the history of accents. Mm-hmm. It is stunning. Like, that thing that cows produce. Is what? 
It's a drink. It's pasteurized. It's homogenized. It's white. What is it called? Milk? Yes. To me and you, it's milk. To him, to people here, milk. Like a like an E or an A? Yes, an E, milk. Or that or that item that when you go shopping, you put your groceries in, or if you have a a purse is another name for this thing that you carry things in. Say it again. Oh, I think I know what you're saying. Describe a bag. It a bag. Like a bag. Like, yeah, they call it a bag. A, a bag. What well, is a bag? A bag. Oh, okay. Or if you ask somebody if they're going, if they're still going to go to some place, are you going there yet? That's saying, are you still going? Or the object where water comes out of. They're in parks. They're in schools. The water's usually cold. It that makes a noise. That's a weird one. We always call that a water fountain. The one where you are cracks me up. It's a bubbler here. A bubbler. What do you call the thing that you roll along at the grocery store to put your food into? Shopping cart. Okay, it's a shopping cart. I thought maybe it was a buggy. It's a buggy here. It's a buggy. It's a buggy, a buggy here. I, I call it a shopping cart. Now, here's, here's one that I get in trouble for. Crayola makes these. What was it? Crayola makes these. Crayons. I call it crayon. <laughs> crayon. You know, crayon. Mr. Rogers uh, called it crayons. That's, and I think my, husband, just... my husband calls it Kellers. Like Helen Keller. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, his his accent is not very strong, but on certain words, his mother had a very strong accent, and his brothers both have the very strong local Pittsburghy accent. And certain words and certain things, it's there. And um, like he'll say, you know, well, what Keller do you want? And I just or the leaves are turning Kellers, and I just think it's hilarious. I love it. So yeah, he says Keller, and I think Mister Rogers also said Keller. So yeah, the, we tease him about that a little bit. I mean, crayon. I get so much trouble. Like, it's a crayon. What the hell is a crayon? Or that thing that is not a pen, but it has graphite that you use to write with. Pencil. Pencil. P-E-N-S-O, pencil. <laughs> People look at me like I'm speaking a whole fucking foreign language. I'm like, I'm sorry. This is the way I learned how to talk. And because oh. of my... Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead and finish. I got something for you when you're done. My grandma was Southern, and I will throw a y'all in because it's the way I learn how to speak, and it just happens. It's just mm-hmm. it's one of those things that I can't help. When people say y'all, yes, you all, I guess out there in, in Pittsburgh, would be like, yins. Yes, that's, and that leads right into what I was going to say. When we moved here, and I was um, 13 in a few months, in the middle of eighth grade, I heard this word yins. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't get it from context clues, nothing. And I did not know what a yins was. And I'm a yaller. So, um, and in, in the eastern part of Pennsylvania, it's yous. So yins is a very western Pennsylvania thing. And they also say yinses and yinsers. And it's kind of inclusive, gender-free term for everyone. So um, I had to figure out what a yins was. And then... 
my my daughter did Girl Scouts. It's not a word that either my husband or I use. Um, her scout leaders had a very strong local accent, and she used to have to ask me to um, interpret for her what they were saying. And we were on our way back from a meeting one time, and she just looked over at me, and she goes, Mommy, what is a yins? <laughs> so I was like, ah, there we are. It's come full circle. I had to explain to her that it's like a, a you guys or a you all or y'all kind of word. And neither of my kids uses yins, so maybe it's sad to do away with a perfectly cromulent word like that, but yeah, it, it's fun. I love local stuff like that. I love accents and dialects and interesting little terms that people locally have. When we moved here, I would ask for Cokes everywhere we went, and I got tired of hearing no Coke Pepsi, and so I picked up pop because here everyone says pop, and so that's my go-to word now. Unless I'm like at Disney World or something, I can say Coke, or if I'm visiting in Florida, I can say Coke and people know what I mean. It's just a little differences, and like it's it's because people don't realize that Wisconsin, Upper Michigan borders Wisconsin. There, there are two Michigans. People don't realize that mm-hmm. Upper Michigan borders Wisconsin, and across Lake Michigan is the actual mitten of Michigan. And people up in Upper Michigan are we're gonna go with different. They are. And they are really, it's just, it's a language barrier. And it's just, language is just a part of what we do. But before we get out of here, can you tell people where they can interact with you on social media? Yins can find me on all the social medias at my handle, Edenza, E-D-E-N-Z-A. Y'all can find me on Twitter at Tequila. You can also... Find us wherever quality, happy podcasts are found. This has been another episode of the Black Tuesday podcast with Biggs and Lynn. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. If you have to sign a legal document, make sure it's on someone's back. <laughs>